Are we ready? We are ready. Hey Paul, how are you? Hello Janina. <laughs> Look where we are again. Yeah, Seems here we such are. a long time it since we were here. It was such a long time. And how could that be? Yeah, uh, unfortunate incidents and... Something called Easter. 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 And so a, f- a funeral as well. Oh, I'm ah, sorry yes. to hear that. Yes, so I had to go across the pond, so it's... Across the pond? Yeah, to the old country. Ah, but I thought you went to uh, the, the Great Britain. That's what I call across the pond. <laughs> ah, different pond. It's all across the ocean in Sweden. Okay, so so if you're if you're on the other side of the pond, then yeah, we were across the pond. Yes. Okay, but condolences, yeah. Jim. Yes, yes. Uh, but that was Easter. Yeah. And last time we were here, we talked about live 5G networks. Yeah, it was not so nice. Yeah, lots of of nice stuff. Lots of those. Yeah. Um, So what's new this time around? Yeah, first of all, we talked a lot about uh, the first 5G network launched in in Europe last time uh, with Swisscom, or Swisscom launched. But they weren't really launched yet because they didn't get the final approval of uh, the Spectrum. They were waiting for their, uh, from their license for the regulator. Yes. Yes. And now they have it. So now they are actually live. So, so they that's got, happened. So they got their permission. They, they got, got their licence. The and they switched on 5G. They did. Because it was all there, ready, just push the button. <laughs> just They pushed the button to switch on 5G. <laughs> yes. uh, and, that, and that's really cool because uh, you know, one of the things that they're talking about now, this, I think they started with 54 different towns and cities in, in uh, Switzerland. <laughs> And uh, this year they plan to roll out, was it more than 95, uh, 90% of uh, population coverage? Yeah, that is really amazing. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a flat country, Switzerland either. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a flat country, no. but that gives you lots of hills. You've got a mass on the top <laughs> of a hill, you get, you get lots of coverage. Perhaps that's the way they're doing it. So. Uh, and, then, and then we have our, uh, our um, uh, instead of having antennas on masts, we have this cunning thing which we which we developed to w- together with uh, Swisscom and Katrine, mm. where we put uh, radios in the ground yeah. in, uh, in these like manhole cover things. Yes, uh, which was working out really well. It was. Wor- mm. it was it's a very interesting solution. Yeah. Uh, that's 4G, but I think uh, I think the same. You could use this. You could use our uh, spectrum sharing solution to put 5G there as well. Yeah, and I guess that our radios are all what they I mean. They they're already 5G ready. Since 2015. They are. <laughs> we should get paid for this. <laughs> We're doing marketing here. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so if you look out the window, and if you look out the window and you see, uh, for, you know, from your office, you know, a, 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 a radio mast, and it's an Ericsson radio mast it's been, that's been there for a while, you've actually had 5G antennas there mm. all the time. Yeah. You just didn't know it. Um, so that was, uh, that was Europe. What else is happening around the world? China Unicom has, yeah, China China. might be next area. So they have announced that they will go live uh, with 5G in May. Which is next month. Yeah. So we've had the US. Yeah. We've had Korea. Yeah. And and we've had Europe. (gasps) And now now China. And uh, China is big. Mm -hmm, Um, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
not almost as big as Japan. <laughs> well, actually, a lot bigger than Japan. <laughs> Because we got we got lots of listens from Japan. Thank you yes, very much, gentlemen. Yes, we're big in Japan this week. <laughs> Thank you, everyone in Japan. Yeah. So China Unicom in May, uh, and uh, in the US. And we, we could also reference because we we will be talking about five G core. That's very true. This week's episode, we have a very clever guy with us, Irwin, who's going to talk to us about five G core. Yeah. Uh, which of course is central to five G networks. Mm. And has a as opposed to 5G access, which yeah. is distributed for 5G networks. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. Uh, but we you can scrub that bit if you like. <laughs> I'll edit it out. <laughs> it was uh, because it's also been mentioned somewhere that China was would be uh, going for standalone 5G core versus yeah, non-standalone. There was a, I think for a long time, there was an expectation that China would would use standalone networks. Mm. And Erwin is going to explain to us the difference between standalone and non-standalone and what it means for, for users. But yeah. it looks now that, like and China obviously, will, yeah, China, China will uh, China Unicom will take the first step with uh, with non-standalone. But uh, you know, non-standalone, the standards came first. The devices came first, so if you want to be early with 5G, it's the first step. Yeah. And then we'll see networks go to standalone as well. Mm. Later. It's fun because it is a little bit of a race. <laughs> we can't wait till what it comes next. What comes next? And I think countries are, you know, there's a, uh, I, th- I think the difference from uh, from 4G. I think we're seeing countries see it as an important piece of infrastructure for their economies going forward, which is which is nice. I know for, for for 4G we showed numbers that showed good throughput and coverage actually contributes to um, um, GNP. Wow. Uh, BNP in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there's an economic benefit for an, for a, for society in in having good infrastructure. And as we say, we still don't really know what's going to be big with 5G. So. Yeah, but an, there is an expectation with 5G that we didn't have with 4G, which mm. is it's going to have a lot more impact on industries, mm. and that means that there's a direct coupling to what happens in the, in the economy. Now we're already talking about what we're going to talk to uh, Erwin about later on with network slicing and all those kinds of things. Network <laughs> slicing. Yeah, have yeah. another slice of network. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, but first, we talked about China in mm-hmm. May, but we shouldn't forget, of course, that Sprint have already said they're going to go live in May in the US. So we're going to yep. see another player in the US with live commercial networks. <laughs> Phones are already starting to come through now, so uh, so that's uh, you know another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and uh, this week AT and T also was boasting that they were first to hit two gigabit per second speeds. On their network. On their network. In the US. In the US. Yeah. Mm? They were. And they can. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> I guess they did. <laughs> if we should believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a good place to take a pause and uh, move over to our guest of the day. Yeah. Let's do that. We are here with Erwin van Rijsen. Yes. 
Hello. <laughs> Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And you are uh, head of 5G Core program. Yes, yes. Here at Ericsson. Yes, that's correct. Mm. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and that means that we are going to talk 5G Core. Yes, it does. We should have had you with us a few weeks ago when we were talking about 5G crowning and. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, we had some. We had some to. We had to Google a lot. <laughs> the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. So you're Dutch. Yes, I'm Dutch. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, oh. Good to know. Uh, and the five G core. How, how long have you been working w- with five G core? Uh, with five G core, I've been working uh, with this for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I've also been working a lot with uh, orchestration, very strongly connected to to core and five G as well. Uh, but since uh, almost two years, I've been leading the uh, 5G core program. Uh. Here. Yeah. Uh, and an obvious question to start off with. What is 5G core? What is core? Yeah, what is core? <laughs> what is so core to begin with? Core is, you could say, that part of the network where a lot of the uh, actual decisions are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, decisions in terms of which user has uh, the right to use what kind of services. Uh, to basically do the authentication of a user, the the full authorization. So a lot of the you know, could say the brains in the network is sitting within the within the core, mm-hmm. uh, and that is uh, then applying all the policies and rights uh, related to particular subscribers and services. Uh. Mm. So what you are allowed to do in yes, the network? Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. Uh. But but core is also uh, if. If you go back a few years <coughs> to, to telephony networks, core is equivalent to what the to what the uh, the exchange was doing. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, connecting the traffic. So those uh, pictures that you see of of uh, people, yeah, five G like <laughs> yeah, core. There's lots of ladies sat, uh, yeah, sat in front of in, in front of uh, boards putting boys. pins in. Yeah. Put, putting pins yeah. in. That's right. That's the core yeah. network. Yeah. That's the core network. Wow. Yeah. And now, but now it's a little bit more automated. It's a little bit more automated <laughs> these days. That's correct. <laughs> that sounds good. And I guess with 5G then, it will be even more automated, more intelligent, more flexible. Yeah, so absolutely. So what's the difference? Uh, so there are a number of uh, differences, you could say. Um, first of all, um, when we are introducing 5G radio, uh, on the core side, we need to be able to sort of detect that an, uh, a device is connecting through 5G radio, and that mm-hmm. requires some additions to core. Uh, so when we talk about uh, the evolved packet core EPC, uh, we say that now when we are making those additions for 5G, we then refer to that as 5G EPC, and that's uh, to enable 5G devices uh, that are connected via 5G radio uh, to support those devices. Uh, and, 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 and EPC, the of course, is the is the core network for 4G networks. Uh, yes, EPC yeah. is the the core network for yeah. 4G. Yeah, that's so correct. I never understood until today that evolved packet core was the same evolved as uh, in long term evolution, meaning LTE. That's that correct. That's uh, the evolution yes. of packet, packet core. core. Yeah. And mm. now you talk about 5G core. Yes. Yeah, so there are two things. So first of all, we have this addition of EPC in order to enable 5G. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's normally what people refer to as 5G EPC. Uh, okay. And that is then uh, for those uh, cases where new radio is still connected to LTE in order to be able to interwork with uh, new radio and LTE uh, on the core network side. So then we refer to 5G EPC. Um, so that's and, the so-called that's non-standalone. Yeah, exactly. yes. 
then there's another architecture that's called the uh, 5G standalone. A standalone referring to the fact that new radio is no longer connected to LTE. And for that architecture, uh, there's also like uh, fundamental changes on the core side. Mm. Uh, and that is what's being referred to as 5G core or 5GC. Uh, and that in that situation, basically all the, the payload, so all the, the content like video and voice and everything is going directly then from new radio towards core. And also all the network signaling is also then going straight from 5G new radio towards the core architecture. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not the case with... And that's not the case with uh, 5G, 5G EPC. 5G EPC. Yeah. They or, are still LTE, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, yeah. non-standalone. Their LTE is still involved in all the network signaling. Uh, Mm -hmm. And network, you know, that's the, the that's the sort of framework for the signals. Yes. But it's still like this uh, a, a, a bigger pipe for videos still. Yes. Even though you're on uh, basically a 4G core uh, from the from the bottom, the non-standalone. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> that's good. That was simplified in the Janina version. Okay. Uh, when when can we because now the operators the service providers that are now rolling out 5g they are obviously rolling out a core network mm -hmm. now as well to be able to handle the traffic yes that's correct yeah and that's the non-standalone that's correct so what we see uh during uh, 2019 is that say uh, all of the commercial launches that we that we have that we are seeing they are very uh, primarily based on the non-standalone uh, mode, uh, meaning that uh, new radio still has a connection to LTE, and then via LTE, uh, basically there's a connection to the to the core network towards the 5G EPC, and that's what we see uh, being launched uh, during this year. And mm -hmm. in all the operator announcements we have seen, that has been about a, uh, a non-standalone 5G deployment. Uh, mm. And uh, why is that? I think that's uh, because I think in terms of like technology evolution, that is sort of the first step. I think that's also like a, a, f a first step in order to really deploy 5G, uh, sort of like uh, a shorter and simpler step in order to deploy 5G. Mm -hmm. And everyone uh, wants to be first. Uh, and everyone <laughs> wants to be first. So that's the, 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 the logical step to start, where to start. Uh, I think what we also see during 2019 is that service providers are uh, having a lot of interest in actually doing trials with the, the standalone architecture mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So connecting directly a new radio to this new 5G core architecture uh, and, and basically uh, using that uh, as, a, as a way to realize 5G. But I think it will, it will take until 2020 until we start to see like a large number of commercial deployments as well based on, uh, on 5G core and the uh, 5G standalone architecture. Yeah. So that and will just take a little bit more time. Uh. Yeah, and and of course, once once we get to a five G standalone architecture, that that needs telephones, uh, smartphones that are capable of running. That's correct. Uh, so so the the smartphones that are coming today, those are non standalone smartphones. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But but after we launch standalone networks, presumably those those phones will still be able to connect as non standalone phones. Yes, absolutely. So, say all phones that are today supporting LTE, they can still connect through LTE. 
all phones that are uh, uh, capable of connecting in a 5G non-standalone mode, they will continue to be able to do that. And then let's say after that, we will see smartphones that will be capable to support both LTE as well as 5G standalone and 5G uh, non-standalone non as well. So all basically all three uh, together in, uh, in, in a device. Uh, and, and so that provides a lot of flexibility. Uh, yeah. and, and your phone then will pick the one that's best, depending on where you are. Yeah, the phone will basically uh, then pick, uh, yes, that's correct. So once uh, an, a 5GC or f an, uh, say an, a 5G standalone capable phone has sort of like a new radio uh, connectivity and there's like, uh, you know, a, an, a possibility to connect directly to, to the core network, that will be the the preferred mode of operations. Mm. Uh, but when such a device would roam into an area where there's only LTE access, uh, then the phone can continue to, to use services mm. uh, and then uh, also connect to the to the core network. Uh, oh, that's good. Mm. Oh. That you can continue yeah. to use. Yes. You also, because we talked we talk to Eva Hedfors, mm -hmm. who is... Uh, uh, working quite close to you with, yes. uh, with in the in the yes. in this area of yeah. core yeah. networks, mm. uh, and uh, we had her on to talk about the new launches. And there, she talked a lot about this dual mode 5G yes. core. Yes. So that is something that's launched now. Yes, we so uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? So dual mode core is basically a solution uh, that we created at Ericsson uh, mm -hmm. that enables service providers to combine 5G PC and 5G core into a single software platform. Uh, so with that, basically an operator can have a single software platform uh, on the, in their core network that can then handle basically then devices that are uh, 4G capable or 5G non-standalone or 5G standalone or even like uh, devices that are 2G or 3G, but to handle all of that with a single core network. Uh, Okay. Uh, and that provides uh, uh, big operational efficiencies yeah. because you can imagine that rather than maintaining two or multiple core networks that an operator can then sort of like converge to a single software system uh, that can handle all these different device types. Uh, but then sort of like uh, having one software platform, so one way of doing software upgrades, introducing new software in their network, uh, and that then gives them uh, a lot of operational benefits. Uh. So, so even though the phones may, might have different ways of connecting and and using different technology, basically, yes, then, yes. then it's it's going to be easier for the service providers to to manage them in an even plane, yes, so to say. Yeah, yes. I, and you mm -hmm. talk about a software platform, but that's basically software that runs in a in a cloud environment somewhere. It's uh, it's software that is um, uh, cloudified. Cloudified meaning that. Basically, we have, let's say, decoupled the software from the, the actual hardware, uh, and then, uh, which also means that it can be very easy to sort of like create a new instance of the software. Also very easy to sort of like scale it up and down in terms of capacity or mm. to put the software basically in places where you have that capacity need. Uh, mm. So this sort of agility will be of great help for operators, especially with 5G. Uh, because we also see with those 5G use cases that uh, different applications will start to get different quality of service needs. Uh, for example, and have some applications may have a need for extremely uh, low, low, uh, low latencies. Uh, and that will then enable an operator to say, for those applications, we can take basically a part of that core software 
and uh, deploy it in the network very close to where the actual uh, users or the devices are that are consuming that application. Uh. Mm. So that gives uh, a lot of, let's say, uh, ability, yeah, flexibility to meet those new kind of uh, quality of service requirements. Uh. Yeah. So although we talk about a single core platform, it's, it's actually a distributed soft software processing Function. There are, there are things which are processed centrally, and there are things that yes, processed yes. Out in the network. So it's a single software platform in that it sort of can be managed in a single way. It provides a common uh, a common O and M interface, for example. So you can sort of manage it in one way. Uh, with one sort of like uh, a, a team that only needs to be trained on a particular, let's say, uh, yeah. software software version or software system. So in that sense, it provides a lot of uniformity. Uh, but then at the same time, since it's sort of software that can be very easily instantiated and scaled and, and, and put in different places, it also gives a lot of flexibility when it comes to distributing the software across a service provider network in order to fulfill those quality of service demands that come now from new 5G applications. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you want to know more about 5G O&M, we can always uh, refer you to episode number 19 of our podcast, where we had Gillian Leach talk about 5G operations and maintenance. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, now, so we see that there is a lot of things happening in the network and a lot of simplifications for the service providers, which is great. Uh, I, I'm hope, I hope that that will make things easier. We are, after all, rolling out a new generation uh, of technology. But what's in it for the users? What changes will the 5G core bring to the actual users? Yeah, I think one of the benefits that we see with uh, 5G core is that uh, that uh, for for de devices you can have basically multiple uh, network slices uh, instantiated from the device at the in in parallel. So if, for example, you're an end user and you have like uh, multiple kind of applications, one which is ordinary browsing and another one where you're doing a game, where you have like an extremely low uh, low sensitive uh, low latency requirements, you know, in order to have a good experience, mm -hmm. uh, then the device will be able to handle that in parallel. Yeah. Or maybe another example could be like uh, when you have like a car, and within yeah. the car you have like an uh, an 5G uh, uh, connection uh, connection or. That yeah. basically you can have like multiple kind of services in the car uh, that are treated in different ways. So one could be like, you know, a maintenance of the car or the ability to collect uh, data from the car that will then tell when you need to do maintenance. Uh, in parallel, you can sort of have like uh, an, an entertainment session where maybe the children in the car are watching a video or, you know, you can uh, have like the parents maybe making a phone call uh, also then over a 5G connection. So you mm -hmm. can very easily with a single sort of like 5G connection or 5G uh, chip in the in the car, you can basically run those kind of different kinds of traffic in parallel. Mm -hmm. and, and that's and yeah. one of the advantages that you will get in an, in an 5G standalone architecture mm -hmm. using 5G core. 
So the network slicing, that is definitely part of the core network then, like just managing these slices that you can use for different yes, uses. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah? So basically what we see in the, in, the, in, the, in the core network, and that already starts with, with EPC and 5G PC, but is further improved with 5G core, is that we can uh, do what we call a control plane and user plane split. Mm -hmm. uh, so that basically means that you can say have like a central instance of your core network where you run all your control or signaling uh, traffic through your network, but where basically then the but then separated from the actual payload. So from all the videos or all the the voice communication that's going on, you can sort of uh, separate those traffic streams. Uh, and in doing that, you can then as an operator say for all the payload, I really want to sort of like. Uh, shorten the, the you know the flow through my network to really have an optimal network usage mm. uh, so you can uh, basically take the user plane part of the core network and distribute that very much to the edges of the network so that you can uh, you know create those kind of like low latency applications and enable those kind of applications while you still keep all your signaling and control uh, centralized in your in, in one or a few data centers. Mm. Mm. So again, that that provides an operator the ability to really uh, optimize the, the the capacity in their network mm. and to to get the most out of their network. Uh, and and then at the same time, then also enabling new kind of applications that may require very low latencies to yeah. to perform very well. Uh. Yeah, mm. and of course that's a must-have for things like automate. Or like automated vehicles, automated driving, autonomous. And autonomous, autonomous. Thank yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> autonomous driving, and and perhaps also like for for uh, public services, uh, like uh, uh, what is it, uh, like public safety uses where yeah. you you're like oh well. We, we couldn't get through to that fire uh, engine because the absolutely. There so, was what, so we, what we do see is calling. that uh, previously, you know, uh, for public safety, they were often, you know, fully dedicated network, physically dedicated networks. Mm. But now with network slicing, we see a great opportunity for also service providers to say, uh, yeah. I create a slice in my network that I can actually then offer to like the public uh, public services mm. uh, so but with a guaranteed quality of service so that let's say when the uh, the blue lights uh, uh, organizations when they basically need to have like uh, communication services that they can basically use that via a public network but really with a guaranteed quality of service yeah mm -hmm. and that so would be a very good example yeah. of, a, of a network slice uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting example because it you know if there's a big fire like like there was in Paris, for instance, then you know there are a lot of people that are ringing home to see you know are, are my relatives safe and and that kind of thing, and that's obviously important for them. But from a, if if you're on site and working with the with the fire service, you want your traffic to get through. You yes. Know, the, if you're relaying video to control room to be able to assess what's happening in the fire or something, you want that that video to be able to you know you need that service to have continuity and mm. uh, to for the traffic to get through. Yeah. And that's network slicing. That sounds excellent. So even a lot of positive benefits for the end users then that can have uh, another type of services, perhaps a more demanding one. Mm. We, we mentioned also uh, like low latency, like gaming and stuff like mm. that, where you might want to 
make sure that you have a good connection or in your car. No. <laughs> for yeah, so I think it's both. I think on one hand it will be for like uh, the operator to really uh, get efficient uh, use of network capacity mm -hmm. and uh, operational efficiency through the automation we can provide with a cloudified core network where you can really you know quickly uh, create so software instances and upgrade them in a very agile way mm. that, that that provides benefits but then they also end user benefits in terms of the new services that become available uh, both with 5g epc but then even more so with uh, with uh, 5g core uh. mm. Mm. yeah and when exactly can we start seeing uh, standalone 5g core so, so when, when we look at uh, standalone, 5G standalone, and then in conjunction to 5G core, uh, during 2019, we see a lot of service providers uh, who are interested in doing trials. Mm -hmm. So I think 2019 is really a year of, uh, of proof of concepts and trials. I think during 2020, we will see commercial deployments based on standalone as well. Uh, we also see that uh, during 2019, late during 2019, we also will see that uh, devices that are uh, 5G standalone capable will basically reach the market. Mm. So I think that uh, that ecosystem is then uh, growing during 2020. So I think then mm. we will see really commercial deployments for, for that option as well. Uh. Yeah, cool, that's, cool. That's, that's one of the interesting thing with when you build networks and roll out networks, it's that's all great, but you need people to build devices and roll yes. out devices. Yes. And I think that was, if, if you go back to the 3G, yes. that was one of the things that slowed down the introduction of 3G, was that when, we, when the networks were first ready, uh, what phones are we going to use? Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, and I think uh, we've already seen uh, several several phone manufacturers launching phones in, in Korea and in the US, yeah. uh, and it, now in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 2019 is really uh, a year where we see a lot of commercial deployments for 5G non-standalone. Mm. Uh, like you mentioned, Paul, I mean, uh, we've seen several uh, smartphone manufacturers now uh, announcing and launching their 5G non-standalone devices. I think uh, those will then uh, reach the market uh, uh, yeah, basically now or during this year. I think there we will see uh, much larger volumes during 2020. Mm -hmm. I think with uh, standalone, I think that will come after maybe sort of with sort of like maybe a year sort of like, you know, uh, uh, extra time uh, where we see that uh, the first device is reaching the market end of this year and then uh, more commercial devices 2020 and then large volumes 2021. Uh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And if people out there want to know more about network slicing, you did have a webinar uh, last week. That's correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> and also <laughs> yes, listen yes. to Erwin. <laughs> yes, uh, that's correct. So last week we had an uh, uh, IHS uh, webinar. Mm -hmm. uh, so as part of their uh, webinar series, uh, we had a session on network slicing. Uh, so there uh, you will hear more about uh, what uh, the fundamentals of network slicing are. Uh, what uh, what is happening both in the radio network as well as in the core network, and how this is all sort of kept together then with the 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 end-to-end -end orchestration layer. Mm -hmm. So basically, what are the the fundamental building blocks of network slicing, and also we give some examples of where basically network slicing uh, can be used. Uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who should listen to that webinar? Who should? Who, what is who is it aimed for? 
I think it's uh, aimed for people who really want to know a bit more about what's behind uh, network slicing. How has it been? How is it sort of? Uh, what 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 are the the building blocks in order to to realize network slicing? What is it you need to get in place in order to really uh, to to leverage that? And mm -hmm. what are some of the benefits or one of the what are some of the use cases that can be enabled using network slicing? So for uh, everybody who has an interest in, in understanding that a little bit better, mm -hmm. I would so uh, recommend you to listen to the webcast. It's not only for people in the telecom industry, then. It could also be people that yes. who are planning yes. these mm. uh, network absolutely. slices to use instead of having a separate network. Yes, so industries, perhaps, uh, yeah, public uh, service. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm. Cool. Well, we'll link it to, uh, in our podcast notes so people okay, can find very good. it. Mm -hmm. Very nice to have you here. Erin, I hope we can, uh, if we continue with this podcast, then we can have you back when we're actually going live with some standalone. Yes, uh, very good. <laughs> very good. Then I'll be back here. Uh, exactly. Yes. We, we can't have finished the podcast until we've got to standalone 5G. Yes. That's uh, by definition. <laughs> is, that, is that the rule? Something Fingers like crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Mm? And if we've got any user questions for us or for Erwin, uh, Janina, what's the uh, where do we, where do you send them? You send them to Five G Podcast in one word at ericsson.com. Five G Podcast at ericsson.com. And so, thank you for listening this time. And bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>